Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. On tonight's show, I'm joined by Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Good evening. Hello, fellas. How did you enjoy Sunday night in Bristol? Thoroughly, I think. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done to Fair. everyone. Uh, made it a good day. Yeah, it turned out to be a really good night. I mean, it, it had the potential to be a bit of a damp squid, where damp squib, when we found out that um, we weren't going to be on Sky. They didn't really want to allow us to use Game Pass, so we thought we were going to be stuck with Red Zone all night. So... Just a quick shout out to Gia Peplo again. Gia Peplo was an absolute star. Um, we weren't quite sure whether or not he was going to turn up because um, he had uh, a prior engagement. Um, unfortunately, his poker competition didn't go particularly well. Um, at the start of the day, there was 61 entered into this poker competition. One person turned up late and got a late entry, so there was 62 in total. And Mr Peplo came 62nd. So, unlucky, Gia. <laughs> but... Your loss was our gain. Absolutely. Um, and as, as far as the job he did, getting the uh, the full broadcast on the screens, that was excellent. Um, I'm not entirely sure what he said to the manager. I, th I thought it was a bit strange he walked over to see him with a um, snooty cue in his hand. And <laughs> I did notice that the, uh, the the manager was walking a bit funny when he came over and switched the screens. But he, whatever he did, it worked. And um, the rest is history. We were able to watch the full broadcast, albeit a little bit behind, but because we weren't watching Red Zone or anything like that, um, we didn't actually see anything before we should have seen it. So that, that was absolutely excellent. Got the full Fox broadcast. And I think everybody was made up about that because it did make the night. Um, that and the fact that we outnumbered the uh, Vikings fans by, what was it, 7-8-1. to one. Um, As I recall, I think I counted... 26, 27, 49 Faithful UK members. Um, and obviously at the start of the night, there was four Vikings, one of which was my brother. So <laughs> they did a sterling job at uh, bringing people. I, I expected more than that. The communication I had from the UK Vikings was that they were going to have about 30 to 40 there, a similar number to ourselves, which would have been good, to be fair, because it was a close mm. game. Um, it was the type of game that we'd all predicted um, before the game, albeit not in the pod because we didn't get a chance to do that. Apologies for that. Um, but we did do that um, in the game day thread before the game had started. So we all put ourselves on the line there as far as predictions are concerned. And yeah, I, th I think we were pretty good with that. Um, so it was a good night and all. Um, I don't think anybody was too wasted <laughs> from the <laughs> Sunday night. Um, I, I mean, I was definitely feeling human Monday morning. Although the strangest thing, we came out of All Stars. We we walked down the bank towards the hotel, um, caught up with uh, Martin Hughes, Rachel Cole. We were in the kebab shop getting some food. Um, Rachel came out with a, a carton of chips with um, garlic sauce on. She asked us if I wanted one, so I nicked one chip. That's all I had, one chip. All I could taste Monday was garlic after mm. one chip. Not only that, sorry, all I could smell was garlic on the Monday after one garlic chip. Not only that, but somebody, uh, I think it was, um, oh, who was it, Kevin Palmer? I think it was Kevin Palmer. 
gave me a, um, a Jaeger bomb. I'm probably getting the name wrong here. I should have looked this up before I did that. Um, but somebody gives a Jaeger bomb, and that's all I could taste all the way home. A five-hour journey, and all I could taste was Jaeger bomb. I only had one. So that, that kind of stuck with us all day Monday. Um, but because it was a win, then it was quite an enjoyable journey back. And obviously that, that, that's what we're here to talk about. But uh, before we move on to that, I, I would love to hear what you thought of the weekend. Um, the people that turned up, because there's obviously new people we'd never met before. We'd seen the names in the, um, in, in the group page, in the game day thread. So it was lovely to actually meet people, um, put a face to a name and actually shake the hand. So what, what did you think of the night, guys? Go on, Paul, what do you remember? <laughs> well, anyone who saw the Facebook Live Lee will see I definitely enjoyed myself on Sunday. Um, like you said, the, the meetups have got a good reputation now. And I was talking to Mr. Peplow earlier, and he said it quite well for me. He said, the atmosphere wouldn't have been much different win, lose, or draw with a 49er mm-hmm. faithful meetup. And like you said, Lee, the game, we called it, it was going to be like a playoff-style game. We got to the bar. It was a shame there wasn't as many Vikings there, but many of us sit at home on a Sunday night and you watch the game on your own and you go through the ups and the downs. And it was just so nice to be together. And I'm going through the photos on my phone. I'm going through the videos. Sent a couple of my mates uh, video of us doing the Debo chant when Debo's ran in. And it was light-hearted nature with your brother. There was times when the Vikings were leading and they were cheering. We were leading. We were cheering. And like Jay said... It's a shame that some of the conversations on the nightly weren't recorded because it gives you a better feel for the group. So, for example, me and Neil Graham, we've had a different of opinion over the years on the group. We met up on Sunday and we were chatting football. And actually, after a 10, 15 minute conversation, you can see we're not too far away from our opinions. Yeah. yeah. Um, the travelling down, um, I mean, I was supposed to come down with, with Connor on um, Sunday he didn't feel up to driving because of the storm. I know me and you would spoke on the Saturday and you'd delayed travelling down and the Sunday morning Tracy was like, if you don't go, you're going to regret it. And I was like looking at the train times, nearly missed the train from Darlington, then got off the train in Bristol at five o'clock. You guys had already started and I was like, oh, fear of missing out here. What am I going to catch <laughs> up? And then turned the corner and there's all you guys just sat outside Brewdog and I was like, all right, gentlemen, and straight away you're in that. We haven't seen each other for a couple of years. You were COVID and stuff, and you immediately touch base and you're reminiscing over football. And got to the bar, and you were saying about new faces. Richard and Mark were talking to me about the pod, and it's just nice to get the feedback because I think Nadji said it before. Lee, sometimes we come on the pod and we think we're just talking to ourselves or we're having our weekly therapy session, but to get feedback from people and people messaging the group, you know, where's the podcast? I've got a couple of mates from Darlington who've listened to the last couple. Um, one lad in particular thinks you hate Jimmy G because of the last one he listened to. Yeah. And my other mate, Anthony's decided to become a 49er fan for the year. And hey. on Sunday, he's like, where's the podcast, mate? Like, you, you haven't dropped the pod yet. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really sorry, and We haven't had a chance to drop it yet because other commitments or... And then yesterday, before I hand over to Gareth, Getting the tweet from Jeff Reinberg asking if you want to come on the show. As soon as I saw that pop up in the Twitter feed, I was like, wow. And let's just mention it. You did well on the show last night, mate. You, you smashed you. it for the group. And mm-hmm. the Twitter feed's been going crazy today. I know me and you've got the 
account on our phones and it hasn't stopped for the last 24 hours. Yeah, the right. Club 85 photo has definitely generated a lot of interest. But yeah, I had a, a great night. Thanks for organising. And so it was good to travel back slightly hungover, but with a Niners win. Yeah, definitely. What about, you, what about yourself, Gareth? What, what were your thoughts about Sunday? Yeah, I mean, uh, a good night. I think you've covered it all. It's it's great to kind of finally meet some people that you uh, you have contact with, kind of throughout the season on on Facebook, but don't uh, uh, don't actually know them, don't meet them. So it, it it's great to bring everybody together. I think it's uh it's it shows what a good job I I think Lee and, and other admins and yourself Paul have done on the Facebook group that it's inclusive enough that people feel that they can travel halfway across the country to people they've never met and, and a city perhaps they've never been to and, and still be amongst friends. So, uh, and I think everyone who goes um, gets that, gets that feeling really that uh, it's suddenly it's, it's great to be able to share that, supporter experience that i think most of us just just don't get because we're not we're not with other uh, uh 49er fans or, or sometimes even other nfl fans when we watch the game um we all take that for granted if you follow premier league or championship teams that sort of thing that you're always going to find people who who are supporters of that team and, and people you can chat to and, and we're often a bit more isolated i think being nfl fans so i think it is great that we we can get together and i think it, it's it's great that so many people feel that they can make that journey um and, and know they're going to be amongst friends uh and we're all going to have a good time and it's all going to be fairly light-hearted and and we're all going to uh, uh enjoy it and come back with some more memories it's it's growing i think it's grown year on year isn't it so Maybe we'll get 30, 35 next year. Um, depends where we are, though. So so we had over 30 for the Super Bowl, but that was understandable yeah. because it's yeah, the yeah. Super Bowl. But you're right, it is. It's growing each different meetup. It's getting larger, and everybody that turns up seems to be very good together, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, everybody joins in, and it's a really good atmosphere. And you go away with new friends, so, so that's good. So... Before we move on to the actual game, I'm, I'm just going to give a shout out to somebody, and I can guarantee you he's not going to be aware of it. He won't listen to the show. Um, I doubt there's anybody who does listen to the show that can pass it on. But I just want to give a shout out to Morgan the Mullet, who was the UK Vikings fan who actually found the uh, the the venue. The venue itself was okay. Um, the food was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but the venue itself was okay. It was big enough, plenty of screens. The beer was good. The side was good. It was a decent price. Um, obviously, if we could have sorted out the, uh, the the broadcast beforehand, we might have had another three, four 49er fans down there. Um, we obviously had some late dropouts, um, and I think it was more, more to do with the fact that it was only Red Zone that we were looking at watching. Um, so that would have had a few more people down there. Um so, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to him. So he was a young lad. It was the first time he's done anything like this. It was a learning experience for him um, because of a few tweets from 49er fans um, on Twitter. He felt very nervous. Um, he felt a little bit intimidated by the numbers that turned up. And I, I had to say to him, look, yeah, all right, calm down. Nothing's going to happen. This is an NFL community. We're all friends here. Don't worry about it. So he was, he was a little bit anxious all through the game, um, which I feel a bit bad about because he shouldn't have been. He, he did go out there looking for this. And like I said, it's the first time he's done it. He was a young lad. He's learned some lessons for next time. And hopefully if he 
if he does the next Vikings, uh, the UK Vikings group meetup, he'll have learned a lot and he might get a lot more Vikings fans coming down. Um, and I wish him all the best and thank you for finding us that venue, Morgan. Yeah, yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you did well there, Lee. Like, I know he was apprehensive at the start, and like you said before we move on, I think the venue added to the atmosphere. I know the Super Bowl meet-up um, when we're at the Grosvenor, we're all sat at separate tables, but like Gareth said, it had a feel. If anyone walked in there and saw the amount of red shirts and the fact we were mingling, and the fact it was on the screen, you're right, Lee, that definitely added to it because we were able to watch the game together and cheer the highs and lows, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but... I'm sure he'll learn for next time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay then, on to the game. I'll tell you what, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off so I can change the mind of Paul's mate and Jimmy G. <laughs> so I, I know what he means. Over the last couple of episodes, I have been fairly critical of Jimmy. Um, but I've always turned around and said, I, I like Jimmy. I, I like the way he plays. Um, but we know his limitations. And he's, he's not going to be that like top five quarterback which we know. Sunday, I, I thought he had an excellent game. D- despite throwing an interception early on, I thought he had an excellent game. And I thought what he did well, which I haven't really seen him do before, in fact, a- any game he's played in for the 49ers, Jimmy's always had a really quick release. And he's, he can find the decision-making on easy decisions. He does that very well because it's easy, it's, a, it's an easy throw. And Shanahan puts him in that situation a lot of the time where he can, he can make that quick decision. It's an easy decision, get the ball out there because the receiver's wide open. What I noticed on Sunday night, there was quite a number of throws which he threaded. He threaded the needle on these throws. He put it into coverage and hit our receiver where it needed to be hit. And that's what impressed me about Jimmy on Sunday night. I thought he was quick and make the making the decision he was accurate and he seemed to have a lot more confidence to actually throw it in that direction where the um, where the wide receiver did have some coverage with him and he did well to do that so I was very impressed with Jimmy on Sunday night like I said he had the interception the best quarterbacks in the game get intercepted sometimes um, he had a throw before that, which I actually turned over to Gareth and said, uh, that's one for the pod. Um, and that was a that was well overthrown and it could have been an interception. Um, luckily enough, there was no defender anywhere near that one. But other than the two throws, he was sacked twice. Um, the second one, he basically sacked himself because he tripped over our lineman. I think it was Lakin Tomlinson and kicked him in the back of the legs as he tried to get round him. Um, so that that was unfortunate. He might have had a chance to either get back to the line of scrimmage or even throw the ball away. Um, so that was unlucky. But overall, I, I thought that was possibly one of Jimmy's best games. And that includes the game against um, the Saints, which we had the meet up, up in uh, Edinburgh for. So for me, that, that got me very excited about the way he was playing. We started to build momentum. We now have our identity. And at the moment, it just feels as though nothing can go wrong despite the injuries which we will get on about I, I think we now have that momentum and we can carry it on into a into a post-season berth No I think I think that's a fair point about Jimmy do you not think Sunday's game Lee was um, kind of summarised Jimmy G's time with us like you said that first interception you thought oh man Jimmy that, in- that inability to read the underneath you know, you see it back on the breakdown and you think, why is he throwing that into double coverage? But 
he grew as the game went on. He had an efficient game. We won the game. I seen a stat earlier, Lee, because I know you love your stats. Salary cap it for next year. Kirk Cousins, £45 million. He's going to account against the cap. Yeah. And for me, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Kirk Cousins. And he proved that mm. on Sunday. Well, definitely when Kirk Cousins is lining up under the guard. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking about there. Yeah, it's good fun now, isn't it? And he brought us back in. I mean, before we went into the half time, equal, you know, 14 apiece because of that drive and, and Jimmy. And then we got the ball back in the second half, another touchdown. Then we get the pick. We put 21 unanswered points on the Vikings. That, that turned the game. So, mm. yet again, we come on the pod and we say, we may not have won because just of Jimmy. But again, you can't say we didn't win that game. The interception, he got out of his way. Very similar to the one he threw against the Vikings in 2019. Like you said, we all turned in the bar and groaned. Um, but we sat here, 34-26, another victory. It's always good. We missed our victory Monday. But what are you thinking of Jimmy then, Gareth? Are you getting on board the Jimmy G love tonight or anything you want to throw yeah, in? Well, you know, we... We, I think we, we've we've talked about it and over and over. We know that there are some things to really like about Jimmy's game. There are some things that he's he's excels at, and there there are other bits which are which are less developed or or missing, like that that reliable deep ball threat, for example. But Shanahan's worked a, a way to scheme around that. He's clearly back to putting Jimmy G in his comfort zone. Um, Clearly, uh, I'm sure you've all seen that Shanahan had a few words of encouragement, shall we say, to Jimmy when he was on the bench having thrown the pick. Um, but he he's always seems to have done this. When Jimmy when Jimmy's thrown the picks, he comes back and his next series is usually pretty good. He gets it out of his system, and it's a it's a great quarterback trait that he doesn't seem to let those mistakes. Uh, dictate the rest of the game uh, and compound those mistakes with others. So we know where his ceiling is. Where we know that that Shanahan is is seeming to get the the best out of him. It's difficult to judge that because obviously we didn't really see him um, with the Patriots more than what two and a half games or so. So, um, but he's he he is the quarterback. He's clearly given us the best chance to uh, to win, and, and we're winning games, and we're building momentum, uh, and we're winning games well. We won a game with a bit of a shootout. We won the game with, unfortunately, Robbie's missed fault field goal at the end could have made it a little bit easier, but in some respects, it, it made the victory better because the defense had to go out and make that stop. There was enough time for for the Vikings to get back into it, uh, and and they went out and and did their job. They didn't buckle at the end of that long game. Um, they didn't lose their heads thinking, OK, well, the field goal should win it for us. We can switch off and then have to come back on the field and actually defend. And there were good performances up and down uh, the roster. Um, Juwan Jennings, and uh, Aziz Alshire, I'm sure we'll get to, to a few others. But I think Lee's just summed it up. We just seem to be back to our identity. We're, we've got this consistency where we can churn this game out uh, on both sides of the ball uh, three games in a row now, and we've just got to keep that momentum going. Keep protecting the ball, keep running the ball, uh, and, and our defence has got some holes in it, certainly in the secondary, but it's, it's aggressive. We're playing aggressive uh, defence, and that's... What we need to do, I think, um, it's, it's what we can do when you nece- haven't necessarily got the best skill players in, in some positions. Um, but you, you can see the commitment 
can't be questions throughout that team for for some of the guys we've criticized and some of the guys we think should be producing more they're they're certainly putting their shifts in so i don't think we can we can complain about that um yeah there we are good win a good game and a good win um so we we should have a meet up every weekend because uh, <laughs> we, we seem to win them in big games so we do yeah i was thinking that coming back after the Saints game, for me, Lee, it's the biggest win of the season. As much as I enjoyed the Rams game, mm. what was good about this was the fact that Gareth said that it wasn't perfect. You know, Robbie Gold missing that field goal a couple of weeks ago probably would have cost us. Um, the run design players, anybody who doesn't follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter, you need to go on there. I've been on the daily preparing for the pod and he's been breaking down our run design players. And there was one in particular where um, they put Sherfield into orbit he just comes in uh, motion and he literally just runs a full half circle round and it takes three of the defenders away and Mitchell another 100 yard game for Mitchell I'm sure we're going to sing his praises you know 27 rushes for 133 yards and then that particular player it just fools the whole defence goes one way and Mitchell just goes boom and you think Kyle's got his bell cow now we've been saying for this you know anyone says oh you get a running back Kyle's trying to come plug it in He's got his running back with Mitchell. Be interesting to see what we do at the end of the season because do you think Mostart comes back if Mitchell can continue this? What's it now? Six different 100-yard games. I think he's second behind all rushes so far. I mean, he just looks brilliant. And bear in mind, he's playing with a broken finger at the moment, which we've seen how that affects Russy Wussy up in Seattle. Yeah, so to answer that question, to be honest, unless it's a team-friendly con- contract... I can't see Mustard coming back. And to be honest, I don't think we'll get a team-friendly contract because he knows yeah. the stage of his career he's at. He knows this is probably going to be his last contract for the position he plays. So he's going to be wanting as much money as possible. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd be very surprised if Mustard plays another game for us, unfortunately, because he, he, he's an excellent player. Um, loved everything he's done at the uh, on the team. Unfortunately, he's just been unlucky with the injuries he has had yeah and I, I mean i'd be happy to have him back but yeah i don't think he's gonna play if we offer him say a couple of million uh dollars for the year so uh i think you're right i think he's probably going to want some more i think he'll try and uh, uh you know quite rightly um hang his hat on his 220 yard nfc championship game Exactly. Uh, say this is this is what I can do, and and maybe there will be a team out there who will play pay him the five six million that uh, I think he'll be asking. I I'm not sure that we have to, um, and I I don't think we will. Um, and the way the way it's going at the moment, I don't see that there's Mostert may be faster, but I don't actually see that there's uh, much difference between Mostert and and Mitchell. I I'm just so impressed with the way he just seems to sniff out those gaps. Uh, and find that space to to get going. And the amount of times you see him and you think he's going to be stuffed for no gain, and he just somehow turns into two or three yards. may not seem like much, but he just does it with such consistency that he just gets that positive yardage. And that's that's why our offense is going. Because it doesn't matter if it's first down, you get two or three yards. Uh, You're in that second and seven. You can get a few more, and you're in third and short, and you convert them. If you don't get that yardage, you end up in third and long, and and you're punting. Uh, and he's he's just such a uh, an important piece of I think of our our offense uh, already. 
Uh, and it's hard to believe sometimes that he's still just a rookie. I think we just sort of take it for granted that Mitchell's going to churn out the yards. Yeah, well, that's, why I mean, to, that's, to... that's why I mentioned it. Sorry, Lee, like there, Gareth. He's doing 4.9 yards per carry. Um, he touched the ball 27 times on Sunday. But he also, Lee, I did five receptions for 35 yards, which, yeah. like Gareth said, is another dimension to the game. He had that to juice his 37 yards. And it just shows, we said, our identity. There you go. We're going to put the ball in this lad's hands. Oh, that doesn't work. We'll put Devo in there running back. Oh, that doesn't work. Jimmy G, third down. And it was just brilliant to watch. So, like you said, people listening might think, oh, why are you mentioning Mostar? It was just getting ready for tonight, Lee, I thought. I hadn't really deep-dived into Mitchell as much because I think we took it for granted. I know Nadji had a lot of love for Trey Sermon, but I think Mitchell's slowly becoming the one we're all going to be talking about week in, week out. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And to be honest, there's three major differences between Mostert and Mitchell. Age, durability and contract size. Yeah. And all of those is what's going to mean we don't have Mostert next year. Yeah, That's why, to me, it's already written on the wall. It's sad, but it's already written on the wall. Mm. So, standout players. Let's talk about league MVP. League MVP is defined as a player who makes a significant difference to the outcome of games for their team. Traditionally, this is quarterback for the obvious reasons. The quarterback has the um, has the centre spot on the team. They are the one who are leading the team, and generally, they are the one who has the big. They are the people who have the biggest impact on how their team plays, whether or not to win or a loss. Is Debo Samuel a legitimate candidate for league MVP? Yes. <laughs> oh, come on, Paul. I wanted more after that build in, that lead in. Come I was going to say, if I could drop the Debo chant Debo. No, I mean, to, to be honest, Lee, like you said, look on, look on Sunday, 78 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns on only seven touches. That's elite production. He, every time he got the ball on Sunday, he made a difference. You're giving game balls out every week. You're giving them to Debo Samuel. I mean, like Gareth said, we've all got friends who support other teams. I remember doing my live draft with the, the lads from my hometown. Ten of us turn up every year. And I got Debo really late for a bit of a steal. And they were all like, oh, you've only picked him because you're a 49er fan. And in the group chat, everyone's like, can't believe you've got Debo Samuel. He just wins your games after games. It's just, for me, yes. I don't think he'll win it because it's a quarterback heavy league. But, I mean, we talked on Sunday nightly. Club 85, for those people tuning in, was a tongue-in-cheek because when the Red 94 throwback got released, you didn't have many choices. Me and yourself went for Kittle, as a lot of other people did. But there was someone in the group bought a Samuel jersey. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a bit of a risk at the start of the season. Debo Samuel. And that lad now, I can't remember his name, but I'm sure he'll shout me out after this. He's sitting looking rather pretty because I'll be expecting to see a lot more 19s after the season he's having. I'm not going to disagree with you, mate. For me, yes. It defines what you've just said. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Sean Stallard has um, put a post up in the group. And I think he's got a legitimate point. And I'm going to try and answer this this question that he's put up. And it's all about Debo. Um, and he's a little bit torn because Debo is having an MVP type season. Um, he's obviously our playmaker on offence. Um, he's causing defences all sorts of problems, but he's a wide receiver, not a running back, and we're playing him as 
pretty much more of a running back than a wide receiver and putting him in harm's way. Now the first thing I'll say is, yes he's currently injured, he's going to be missing one to two weeks. The injury he has is a groin injury. It's nothing to do with the way we're using him. He's going to be running whether or not he's a wide receiver or a running back. So to me, the way he's built, and this is why we picked him anyway for yards after the catch, we we, we picked a stocky receiver to do exactly this, to be to invite, well not invite contact, but expected to go through contact and get the yards after contact. So I think we are using him in the correct way because he is our number one weapon now. Used to be George Kittle, not anymore. I, I think potentially this might swing back to George, might go over to Ayuk. We are blessed now because of the weapons we've got on offense. You, you've got George Kittle, you've got Brandon Ayuk, you've got Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings. Yeah, he, he's he was brilliant. Have, yeah, he, the last couple of games, he's been excellent. And he's another stocky wide receiver. He doesn't take any crap from any of these defenders, as, as you saw um, against the, um, Jags. the Jags. Yeah, he doesn't take any crap. We've got big stocky players who can pass block, they can run block, they can get the ball, and they can knock a defender out of the way, no problem. So are we using him the correct way? I think we're using him the way that Kyle Shanahan always wanted to use him. So I, I am I am happy that he's doing it the correct way. And I'm not that concerned because of the size of him. You look at our wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk's not that big but you look at Jermon Jennings you look at Debo Samuel and they're not built like wide receivers they're built like hybrids they're almost like a tight end type build mm. on them even though they're playing wide receiver so I'm I'm happy with the way they're using them I, I don't know about you lads what, what about you Gareth do you, th- do you think we're using them the correct way yeah I, I think so I mean we, we talked about this briefly with the uh, Trent Williams was in um, uh, pass the, the pass to him in the um, in the end zone. So I'm trying to get my, all my words out. Um, mm-hmm. it, anyone can get injured on any, any play. And I don't see that that much difference because it's a handoff or, or, or it's a pitch out to him. It's no, that's no difference than, than putting it on a, on a wide receiver screen pass or, or throwing um, a, a short distance over the middle. I think it's potentially the only concern is, is, is relying on him too much and potentially giving a guy too much workload. Because I think that's what's more likely to get somebody injured uh, if they're if they're having to carry the ball too many times. But I think you said it there, Paul. It was it was only really seven, but I think there is a high attrition on them because because of the uh, aggressive enjoyment they take out of of blocking, and I think that's that's got to be part of our identity. That back to the 2019 season, we were wearing down defenses, and that's not the way the game is supposed to work. Defenses. Uh, your secondary, your, your linebackers, your safeties, they're supposed to be hunting down the receivers. Whereas you play the 49ers and those spare receivers are hunting down the linebackers and the safeties to smash them in the face and block them. That must be just such hard work to play against. But there is that potential it's going to add that extra attrition to these guys' bodies. But I think that that's our identity. That's the way we play. And Shanahan has picked these guys because he knows they aren't aren't sort of flimsy, uh, tall receivers who, who are possibly going to struggle with that. De- Debo is solidly built. Juwan Jennings is solidly built. And as is, as is Ayuk, he's building these guys' fitness 
uh, and it's it's a it's a contact game. These guys are relishing contact, and sometimes you're going to pick up injuries uh, along the way. That's that's football. Look at every team with their injury list in the NFL. Uh, we're not doing too badly this year at all, comparing to other teams. So, what do you think, Paul? Well, to answer your question, Lee, well, the lad's question in the group, I'd seen it, and I thought at first glance it was to do with the injury, but like Gareth said there, Samuel Lee, he's had 56 catches for 1,006 yards for five receiving touchdowns, and he's rushed the ball 25 times for 203 yards and a further five touchdowns. Yeah, he's been unstoppable, but it's not like he's getting the ball 50, 60, 70 Mm. times. And, you know, you could argue the same knock on Mitchell is... Kyle putting the ball in Mitchell's hands too much, but that's the team we are now. And you look at the Packers, Rodgers goes to Adams. You look at the Rams, Stafford goes to Cup. Debo's been class this season, so give him the ball for me. I think the way I interpreted the question in the group was, do we push Debo through injury for the next couple of weeks or do we keep him out? Now, I know that might be a question we answer in the next pod, but again... It shows you the the group. Every, that question I saw today, and I was dying to put a longer answer on, but I knew we were doing the pod tonight, so I didn't kind of want to give away what we were doing. But it'll be a shame if he's not there on Sunday, but I've, I've got no concerns. And like you said there, he's moved away from the Trent Taylors and from the Dante Pettises, and he's gone bigger at wide receiver. And we're paying, it's paying dividends for me. But to mm-hmm. answer your original question, yeah, I'll get on board the Debo for League MVP, Lee. And I will start tweeting that out from the account later on. Don't you worry about that, mate. Good lad. Good lad. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap up, who was your MVP of the game on Sunday night? Off you go, Paul. I'll let you go first. Oh, um, I thought I'm going to get his name wrong, but I'm going to go for Elsa here. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I know we've talked about Debo and we've talked about all the rest of it, but can I remember when Salah was the defensive coordinator and everyone loved his vibe from the sideline. When we turned that ball over on Sunday night, I think DiMarco was with us in spirit in Bristol because he was leaping around on that sideline. And that, for me, that captured the spirit. So that's who I'd be giving my game ball to because I thought he was brilliant on Sunday. And I just thought I'd go slightly away from Debo because I know he's brilliant and someone else will probably pick him. What about you, Gareth? Who's your MVP from Sunday night? Uh, I think I'd have to go for, for Al Shire as, as well. Um, did give some thought to, to Elijah Mitchell. Like I said, I think we're taking it for granted. 130 yards a game. Yeah, that's just a, a normal day at the office for him. Um, and Juwan Jennings. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He seems to be growing into a role in the team now that Mohamed Sanu is, is out. Uh, and it was a shame he didn't get that second touchdown because that was a phenomenal catch. He just couldn't quite bring his knee down. Um, but the way he got around, twisted his body and, and made that catch, uh, that's that's quality receiver play right there. So I'm I'm hopeful there is a silver lining. It's never a good thing for, for Debo to be missing, but I think some teams can rely on a player too much and it's going to provide a little bit of space for us to do perhaps a little bit something different on offense and bring a couple of these guys in and, and give them an opportunity because that's what you always need going into the into the postseason. You're always going to need one of these quiet players throughout the, the regular season who's going to step up when someone's out injured or, or someone's out resting or or he just suddenly needs to be in a position where you've got four receivers on the field. So it's it's great to see uh, some of these guys coming through. So 
yeah, could have given it to to Juwan, but I think you can't really uh, compete with with the Al Shires all action man all over the field doing everything performance um, and the speed and aggression that he's got. Um, we've got a fantastic linebacker core. So over to you, Lee. Completely agree with both of you. Yeah, oh, that's, that's who yes. I have down as my MVP. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't compare notes before. Yeah, Just put that out there. Yeah, so I, I, I almost said when Paul said, oh, she, I, you're stealing me thunder. Because <laughs> I didn't expect Karras to go for him either. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you both. I think he, he made player after player after player. Um, and when Fred Warner went out with the hamstring injury, he took over as the voice of the defence. He led that defence. Um, so that was pleasing to see that if we do lose Fred Warner and we have lost him for a week, that we do have somebody who can stand up there uh, and and be the dog. Mm-hmm. We've got dogs on defence. So yeah, yeah, I'll show you all day for me. I thought he was excellent. I think he's had a monster season and I think yeah. he's had a monster season under the radar because not many people are picking up on the fact. Um, I, I don't think he's even a, a question mark on the, uh, the Pro Bowl voting. Um, I'd be very surprised if he's got many votes at all. Um, but he, he should be in the conversation. I mean, the Pro Bowl to me is a complete waste of time. You, you've got Trent Trent Williams there. <laughs> he's rated what, 98.2 overall. He's got a 99.1 grade on run blocking. That That is just Madden ultimate team type stats, that. And he's not the number one left tackle. What's that all about? Nah, I speak to fans from other teams. One, one of my good mates is a Rams fan and he got into the spot and he's really like deep dived into everything. And he texts me all the time. He's like, Trent Williams is a brick wall. That lad's amazing. And I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> so when he yeah. get it from another team. Yeah, you, but you what I'm and... saying is the Pro Bowl voting isn't reflecting that. Nah. He's and, enough, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's just absurd. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just a popularity contest, isn't it? I, I know I've exactly. seen the tweets. I know me and you were, are doing the 49 FFL UK account, and I've seen a couple of people retweet, and I've tried, like you said, not to go down that path, but the Pro Bowl for me, it's just, I don't even watch it, to be honest, mate. No, it's I don't waste of time. I, I just keep my eye open for the jersey being released. Yeah, we've we'll got like, like a bit of merchandise, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, let, let's wrap up then. So we had a very good, uh, enjoyable weekend down in Bristol. Um, nobody came away with any injuries that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> obviously, my phone came away with an injury after after Paul slapped it out my hand and smashed the screen. Just getting that one in there, Paul. Yeah, uh, I was wait- I've been waiting for the countdown on that. You've been waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Gareth? He could not remember a single thing about it until I texted him this morning. Nah, I was it, was it this morning or yesterday? I said you smashed me phone. Well, I vaguely remember us stood together and I may vaguely remember you saying something about your phone and then when you text me the picture, I thought, oh, God, here yeah. we go. What have I done? <laughs> but, but you took it well. Yeah. And Acc- to be fair, in, in karma, you know, I saw the tweet first about the Jeff Reinbold show and I thought, you yeah. deserve to go on that. And I'm glad you went on it. I know you, your missus wasn't very well. And, you, you know, we all come on this pod, but you do a great job of the group. And I know we all say it out loud and even the little touches like you brought us the pin badges and the stickers to the meet-up. Um, before we wrapped up, I, just, I wanted to give a shout-out to the, the competition you've got going. You're the jersey because I think you've got yeah. the last couple of days to push it. And and I think other teams are jealous of our meet-ups late and that's a credit to yourself. So when you went on the show last night, and if anyone hasn't caught it, 
go on. When when Jeffrey tweeted you last night, that was brilliant, man. And you'll be pleased to know the girls will love and seeing your man cave again because I think your man cave is epic. <laughs> so fair yeah. play, mate. <laughs> to, to be fair, I thought Jeff might have mentioned something about that. But yeah. he didn't. He didn't. Um, it, it all went over in such a flash. Uh, I, I was nervous about the questions because he didn't give us any idea what the questions were going to be. He, he didn't even tell us he was going to be asking us questions like that. I thought we were going on to talk about the meetup and it was all about the game and Jimmy G. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it went really well and I'm very impressed that Jeff wants to come to our next meetup. So that should be interesting. Um, well, the next meetup when he's in the UK. Yeah, I'm going to say he threw that in, didn't he? Because there's he obviously did. the Super Bowl meetup. And, but no, I, th- I honestly thought he was... Because when I watched before you came on and when I was watching the Twitter feed, I think what they were impressed with was the Americans love our love for the sport. I know when we went to Manchester and we were talking to that Steelers guy, Lee, and he was like, you guys are mental. You've yeah. come all over the UK. Even more so in a storm. We yeah. were all saying, you know, we couldn't do the pod before the game because, you know, you had your chimney breast had fallen off. We had the fence blown down. Saturday, there's no way any of us were travelling. And then again, a testament to the group on Sunday... No, I jumped on a couple of trains to get there. Martin Hughes got about 10 trains to get there and everyone was coming from all over and that just shone. And I think that's why the night went so well. And I'm glad Morgan stayed throughout the full game. I know you shouted him out at the start. He was nervous. I think your brother did well, being the only solitary Vikings fan, bless him. Because those two lads that arrived, you know, lived in Bristol and they didn't know that the meetup was on. They just strolled into the bar with the Vikings gear on. And they saw... 30 of us in 49er shirts and they were like oh and I think they enjoyed that atmosphere because like Gareth said you take it for granted not being able to watch NFL with your with your friends and Gareth if we could have a meet up every week mate I would go but I'm not sure Tracy would authorise the expenditure that I spent on Sunday I think it's definitely a once a year thing for me <laughs> yeah yeah I know what you mean okay so once a year makes it special doesn't it and it's it's that kind of you know it's only, it's only once a year everyone should you know try and make try and make the effort to come to one when you when you can and when your circumstances allow so you know everyone's welcome to come along um be great to see more faces and and familiar faces and and that's the reason why we move around the country to try and give as many people an opportunity to to go to a local ish meetup um and it's just spreading the love around the country obviously next year we're aiming for dublin um, the year after is potentially going to be Germany. We have our yearly uh, Super Bowl meetup, which is going to be in Newcastle. That that's going to be a fixed type of um, event. Um, but yeah, we, we we'll try and do that. And what I would encourage people to do as well: find out who lives local to you. Organise a little mini meetup yourselves. Mm. I encourage that. <laughs> Go mm. and have a meetup, e- even if it's just maybe three or four years. Find a pub. Go sit down, talk Niners football, watch the game together. This is what it's about. It's about connecting people. Connecting people local to each other because it makes it easy. Connecting people who have a love of the 49ers. And you make great friends that way. You do. You make great friends. And who knows? Some of these people you meet, you might eventually go across to San Francisco to Levi Stadium. Share share the cost of a hotel room to make it uh, reasonably cheap. Because everywhere you go in America, there's always twin double beds in the rooms so you just halve the cost of your hotel and it makes it more affordable to go across two games in either Levi's or a game on the road just think about it anybody local find out who they are 
and try and arrange a meetup. I, I know the lads up in Scotland are doing this uh, around the Fife area. So Fife is fairly close to uh, Falkirk. So you, you've got the likes of uh, Brett Sinclair. You've got uh, Jim Waters. And uh, there's a few others around there. I think Alan Gow lives up at um, Loch Lomond. I might be wrong about that. I'm trying to remember the conversations. Obviously, I'd had a lot to drink on Sunday night. But I'm trying to remember some of the, the locations they were in as well. But yeah, anybody local, find out who the, who's local to you, have a mini meetup. It's the best thing ever. And like I said, you make lifelong friends. Well, I'm going to make no apologies, Lee, about tweeting out the Club 85 picture because that just captures the spirit, doesn't it? Like you said there, good friends, you've got the group flag. And that's why the Facebook page is so popular. Like I said, I've got friends who are fans of other teams and they say they, their fan page isn't very good. And I don't know whether you take ours for granted, but you think, oh, you just assume everyone's is going to be like ours. And even over the last couple of days, I've noticed, obviously, the hype's building because we're 6-5. and five. We're back in the playoff picture. Obviously, we've got Seattle this weekend, which we'll do another show about. But before we sign off again, I just want to say well done for organising Sunday. And it was great to meet up with you both. And, have a beer and I apologise for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that bit. And, and thank you very much. Um, okay, just to reiterate the, the jersey. So the jersey's only got a few days left on it. Um, Saturday's the last day that they take donations on the Just Given page. Um, if you haven't done so already, get on there, make a donation. Um, what you'll probably find is you'll see my name on there. Not yet, it's not in there yet, but you will see my name on there because I'm going to make a donation, but I will not be part of that draw. I just want to make a donation because of the charity that's going to. Um, but yeah, get in there, make a donation, make sure your name's on there, and then sometime Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I will do a, a Facebook Live, I will do the draw, and some lucky person will win a Fred Warner Extra Large 75 patch home jersey. Um, absolutely fantastic. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. And it was, like Paul says, I reiterate what, what Paul says, it was great meeting up with you both on um, on Sunday. I am painfully aware, Gareth, that I don't think I spoke to you much on uh, Sunday night. Um, no, thank you for that. <laughs> that no problem. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you feel, no problem. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I try to get round people, um, but then towards the end of the night... You speak to I, me every week anyway on the phone. Yeah, I, I think after I got the shots in, I think I, I think I found myself a seat and just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was just filling up with um, cider and shots by that point. But yeah. it's, it's it's always almost the worst thing about it is that you know there isn't enough time to get around everyone, especially because no, I, I didn't get to the to the sports bar till late eight thirty on. You know, some people settled in and stuff. So so I do apologise. It's sort of. Um, yeah, you, there's too many people to, to get around everybody in, in just a few hours when we're watching the game. So hopefully in the next one, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to arrive a bit earlier, uh, and get chance to speak to, to, to everybody. Um, but there we are, mate, you know, you're not missing out if you didn't get a chance to speak to me. Oh, right. I had a good catch up with you, Gareth. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, uh, You've just reminded us, I've got a request. I, I think I need somebody to turn up to one of these meetups who can stand there and as soon as I get my phone out and click Facebook Live, turn around and say to us, put your bloody phone away. You don't want to be doing this. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I, I felt like that's what the job was going to do, but then I kind of got all excited and was like, yeah, you know, I think it was yeah, for the group as well. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit. But watching it back, though, like I've had some texts off the lads and you think, 
that adds to the humour of the night, doesn't it? Like you said, yeah. it, captured, it was a bit tongue in cheek because, it's to be fair, I may have been merry, but I still don't top your Facebook Live from Scotland from the candlestick in. You definitely were worse than me on the candlestick in performance. So, but, see, on the candlestick in, I didn't think I was too bad. From Edinburgh, I was absolutely wasted. Yeah, Edinburgh both me was. and Andy Hudson. I think Edinburgh was, yeah. I must admit, yeah. that's the, the level we're going to go up before we sign off. I was up and on that train at half past 10 on Monday morning. Edinburgh, I did not want to move. For, yeah, Edinburgh was the Jaeger bombs on Monday morning. I'd, whoever bought the Jaeger bombs, thank you. But like you, Lee, I was tasting them all the way home on yeah. Monday. It was a long journey back. But a great night, a big win. And go Niners. Yeah, go Niners. Okay, thank you to everybody that listens to the show. And please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes because it does help us uh, cope the rankings there, bring in some new listeners. Also, check us out on YouTube by searching for 49 Faithful UK. And there's some decent blogs on there. <laughs> I'm saying decent blogs. I'm blowing my own trumpet here because they're my <laughs> blogs. But yeah, check them out. You might like them, you might not. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but give them a view. Um, you might uh, learn some things about, about San Francisco because they're full of tips and that's why I did them in the first place anyway, just to give people an idea who wants to go across there to watch the 49ers, what it's like. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to the uh, the Seahawks preview show, which is only in a couple of nights' time, and then the weekend, uh, and hopefully we beat the Seahawks up in their gaff. So, until then, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Francisco 49 is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99, don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time, John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students, and Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.